Oh, just gotta jump over this guy. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you there. I was busy playing retro games. If you like retro games, you should come to Retro World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut on November 6th and 7th because Jimmy, the guy that you're listening to right now, host of Talk Me Into and YouTube series Late to the Game, is going to be there promoting Late to the Game, which is my YouTube show where I play retro games and review them with a modern perspective. It's very fun. You should check it out. YouTube.com slash son of a fitch. But you should also come and see me IRL. That means in real life at Retro World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut. It's going to be a blast. Come say hi. It's literally one of my favorite conventions, especially here in Connecticut. November 6th and 7th. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Haunt Me Into, the podcast where a group of spookies try to talk each other. I was going to say ghouls. Maybe even ghouls into liking what we like. This week is a lot of stuff. It's Halloween themed. My name is Haunt Me Into. Yeah. 3D. 3D, the third one. My name is Jeff, and because he hated Valentine's Day, I once made a Valentine's Day card for my freshman year social studies teacher, Mr. Walsh. In the card was a photo of my duty. When I handed him the card, he refused, looked me dead in the eyes, and said, I don't want a picture of your shit. Turns out one of the guys in on it told his girlfriend, and she narked me out. Thanks, Jen. I don't even know what any of that means. Mr. Walsh? Yeah. He's dead now. He died? <laughs> he was He was young. He, he was like cancer. 25 when that happened. Yeah. He, he used to live him. down the road on Millville. They had a bunch of fundraisers for him. You missed really? out. Really? Yeah. Oh, I heard Mr. Shrythe died, but that dude was old. Mr. Walsh? Yeah, he's dead. It's going to probably have mm. to be cut. No, no. this is <laughs> this is gold. <laughs> As a kid, I wanted to be a werewolf for Halloween one year, but I hated wearing masks, so I made my mom draw every individual hair on my face with makeup. <laughs> it looked very good. <laughs> my name is Jimmy, and I hate pop figures, despite the fact that I have several of them. I to hate them but i also have several i hate them and i have none because i'm a real person must be nice i bought it <laughs> i bought a guy fietti one last night i mean that's cool right i know i have a few like convention doctor who ones and wife got me a ninja turtle one when we were first dating Ooh. and then i i have a baby Yoda dumped one her ass because... <laughs> was a michelangelo yes. God, oh, oh, really she oh. failed the ninja turtle test <laughs> she didn't know that she didn't know at the time she knows now now she's like you like the red one right and i'm like you're goddamn right don't ever forget it <laughs> that's very funny it's full of rage <laughs> This, we're getting silly, everybody. Yeah, this is a very fun, wow. very silly episode. Haunt me into. We do one every year. Yeah, it's Halloween themed. We love Halloween in this house. Yeah, I like candy. I do like candy too. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Jeff has half a ween. He celebrates. Yeah, half a ween is. Oh, I cannot yeah. wait for half a ween this year. Are you just gonna throw candy at your daughter? Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to find like. Well, we're gonna obviously have like a really cute halloween costume for her uh, but yeah. then half halloween i can't wait to see baby leftovers yeah that's gonna be stores. very cute listen to our first uh haunt me into episode to, to hear, hear what half halloween is 
Every week on Talk Me Into, we have a little spooky segment. Not really. It's not always. It's it's never never a spooky segment. Uh, Maybe once a year, it's a little tiny frightening, tiny bit frightening. Yeah. Spooky. Oh, Oh, that's exciting. Uh, But we do. uh, It's just something that we're talking ourselves into. It's just it's whatever we're doing for the week or month or year, whatever we want to talk about. This is our segment. If you don't want to hear it, skip over to the Haunt Me Into segment. We totally understand. We're not that funny. Yeah, timestamps and show notes. Check it out. Correct. Yeah. This week, I am talking myself into playing D&D again. Oh. Yeah. Knew this was coming. Yeah, it's real good. My coworkers, because obviously I'm not going to get into uh, magic as hard as they are. Um, that was my next question. No, I haven't gotten into that I yet. like this job. It's very, It has a good influence on you. <laughs> yeah. What if they're like, we're also into murder. I'd be like, <laughs> and you're like, let's go, boys. <laughs> you start yeah. playing Shania Twain and slaying people. Yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. cool. Woo. Um, but yeah, so I am currently playing a half orc barbarian named. I like it. Uh, That's my go to racing class. Tack. His name is Tack. Yeah, you have to go with like the dumb one syllable. Yeah. Did you guys see my note in the uh, the talking my talking shit show notes? No, I don't one, think one so. of the topics I want to do is memorable D and D characters or moments. I like oh, it. Yeah, okay, we can we do, can that do that next time. Yeah, um, but yeah. So my uh, coworkers and I were all playing together, and it's especially funny for um, I guess I would call him my supervisor. He's also playing along with us, but he's kind of one of those guys that like seems. I wouldn't say super popular, but maybe like a jock in high school, but also really like nerdy shit. And he knows you do a podcast. I think he does. So he's basically Can't Joe Manganiello or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was right. also he on Game that. Nights. He plays Magic now. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he started getting really into it, too. He was like, this is way more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> We're all like, yeah. Does he D&D DM? Fun. No, um, my co- my other coworker, Danny, is. And uh, he's a very good DM. And we immediately went off the rails. It's pretty cool and, that uh, your supervisor is not the DM. Yeah. He should be like. I'm going to kill you all. <laughs> that would be funny. When you play with people who have never played before, it seems to be sillier. Yeah. Uh, most of the people have never played before. I've only played a couple of sessions before, so I wasn't super into it. So I, I would still classify myself as a newbie, too. But um, immediately, we were all kind of going over. I didn't have any like flaws or traits or anything, really, until like the game started going. But <laughs> one of my coworkers was like, hey, I'm going to be a half bear. And then I was like, oh, I know what my flaw is going to be. I'm going to be afraid of bears because that's just funny. And that uh, is very funny. A, a lot of a lot of D&D is just like making things as zany as possible. And uh, I've been really enjoying it. It's been very fun. We only did one session, but we're going to do our second one very soon, I believe. Yeah, just be careful how you play out that flaw, because I was in a and d run as a half orc barbarian. Yeah. And someone joined the run, you know, after a couple levels. And I was like, cool, this will be fun. I like this person. And then he was like. Yeah, I'm a half elf uh, who was raised to be racist against half orcs. That, <laughs> that made it not so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna go super hard into it. You don't like kill the guy or anything. No, I did want to bum rush him as soon as I saw him, but then um, another guy kind of he's like a changeling, so he changed into a bear and scared me, and I ran out the tavern, which was also pretty funny. Um, but yeah, things are already off the rails and it's been very enjoyable we're losers yes <laughs> dan what are you talking yourself into uh i am talking myself into something that i kind of started doing last year but i, I want to like get more into it around this time of year let's let's do some halloween movie marathons mm, a lot of I people like do this um yeah. 
I last year I did some cute ones with my niece. I'd like to do that again, like Adam's family. Mm. Um, forget what else we watch, but some like you know fun, cute Halloween. And I'd also like um, the new Halloween is coming out, and I actually enjoyed mm. the last one, uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis Bloomhouse remake. Mm-hmm. Um, it was decent. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna rewatch that and see the new one. The Rob Zombie ones were fun. Never saw any of those. Really? That could happen. Give them a watch. Yeah. Um, silly, stupid. Historically fun. speaking, Nightmare on Elm Street was my favorite of the you know genre stuff. So I I haven't seen those in yeah, quite they're... a long time. They're very corny in a good way. Yeah. They're very fun to rewatch. I so, like the first Friday the 13th a lot. The one with the mom? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, Spoilers. yeah, I, I, I'm going to uh, get back into that. Um, I think, like, specifically, I really want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because I've heard as, like, an adult, the entire film is an allegory for someone who's afraid to come out of the closet. Have you guys heard of this reading? Nope. No. The actor who stars in it wrote a book about, like, that it was written from a person who was like closeted and stuff. I think I have heard that actually. And then I also want to rewatch the new nightmare. Cause I really remember enjoying that one where like they take a step back and they show like the actress that was who played like, Nancy. Yeah. That was very meta. Yeah. Mm. But it was kind of cool because like she had a kid and the kid like believed in it. So mm-hmm. it made Freddie real and stuff. Mm. I don't That's know. Cool. And Robert England played himself in it. He played himself <laughs> and Freddie. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and like, because in real life, Robert England is friends with the actor who plays Nancy. They were like oh, hanging yeah. out and stuff. And then That's like Freddie was trying to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. So, yeah, I'm going to watch some more Halloween movies this year. Jeff, That's cool. what are you talking yourself into? I've always judged people on the way that they shake a hand. It's something that I've always that I've talked about before. Maybe not on this show. But I feel this. You need a, if, if you have like a loose one or you go for like a weird grab, um, not a fan not a fan it always makes a bad first impression on me then i forget about it and yeah. whatever but i've been talking myself into relearning how to shake hands it's been a uh, year and a half with yeah. no uh human contact other than uh loved ones maybe a hug every now and then and every now maybe like twice or three times during a pandemic somebody uh put out their fist to bump and instinctually i'm like i bump it i'm like oh no i don't want to i don't want to touch you and now more people are doing it for handshakes and instinctually uh the other day this guy was at the printer at work He's like, hey, how's it going? He put his hand out, and I just like, I grabbed it like like that. It was, and I'm <laughs> I like, that. and it was just like Jeff we were is both showing walking, like yeah. grabbing the outside of someone's. We were like finger. both right. walking, and it was just like we, we both just did like this loose thing, and then we both acknowledged it. I was like, that that was bad, <laughs> and he was like, do you want to redo it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so so wow. then, then we shook hands and i was like okay and then, and then you sprinted back to your desk for antibacterial yeah i did because there's there's one on the wall but there's also one on my desk and as as i'm don't I'm, touch anything as Jeff. i'm sanitizing my hands i was like i i, I wish we didn't redo it <laughs> i wish we just left it as i, I kind of feel this accident. i mean handshakes are not really a thing as much they shouldn't be let's let's do as japan does and bow yeah or I just like or just just head Hi. nod yeah, yeah. Or, but i do remember teaching my niece when she was like seven how to properly shake a hand because you don't want to feel like a loose no, chicken or, or, or what's even worse than the bad handshake is during during covid people should just we know we're not shaking each other's hands mm-hmm don't don't talk Stop about trying, it yeah. yeah just be like oh, i don't know what to do i would shake your hand it's okay 
we're all here we could just talk have you ever been in this situation where someone like goes for a handshake and you put out the fist and they don't correct and then you have to like this and happened then, to me like twice and you try to correct, yeah no like i'm not gonna do the handshake this was really early on in the pandemic where mm-hmm. we thought like you could just catch it from touching people yeah and so like Which someone I put out the hand for shake and i was like i put out the fist bump and they looked at it and they didn't change and i was like i'm not or down. at the beginning <laughs> so i was like i fist bump and he's like oh i shake and i was like cool and i put my hand in my pocket at the beginning <laughs> did you ever do the elbow several people put their elbow out like an elbow tap. Yeah, I'm like yeah. just don't do anything just, at that i don't point. really do anything we don't need to do this anymore everybody it's over people aren't that great honestly like we don't need to no. make contact with each other correct yeah just just a nod that's all dad nods Haunt me into 3D. What? I named, Bring in the energy. <laughs> I named it as such because it's the third one and horror films frequently have a 3D version. Uh, we just spoke about Rob Zombie's Halloween. His third one was supposed to be Halloween 3D and it never got made. Fun fact for all of you. Now you all know that. We also like tried to think of something that was 3D that we wanted to do for this and none of us there's, came up with there's anything. There's not no. much. Um, yeah, so this is a roundtable episode. If you are not familiar with how we do roundtables... We each pick a topic that we like that the others, at least one other, um, has no exposure to. And we try to talk them into it and we go around the table. So the topic that I picked this week to talk you guys into. And if you listen to our City in Color episode, we all know we talked about it. Suspiria episode. Suspiria? Yep. Oh, Suspiria episode. If you listened to the episode last week. Correct. <laughs> on Friday, you will know that I chose the Batman versus Dracula. Heck yeah. Straight to DVD film. Word from so 2005. I know that Dan is familiar with the Batman series, and we'll talk about your exposure in a little bit, Daniel. But Jimmy, what mm-hmm. do you know about the 2004 series, The Batman? The only thing I really knew about it is that it was kind of a follower follow-up of the animated series batman the animated series it came out after yeah i wouldn't say it's a pretty much a reboot yeah Yeah, for sure um but yeah i i knew of it i never really watched it it was i wouldn't say i was too old for it i was what 2004 so i was nine but i don't know i wasn't ever really super into like the Mm -hmm. wb channel or whatever it was on it was on wb kids yeah i believe nice and if you think about it it's only like six years after the animated series ended it seems so much further doesn't it though Mm. well i think part of the reason is like i watched batman the animated series as a kid Mm -hmm. which means i didn't like follow it you know i didn't watch every episode in order or anything like that if it was on i watched it and i lost touch with it before it ended yep and then when the Batman came out, um, we were in hardcore nerd mode. Yeah, we were like every Batman, and <laughs> so a DC lot of like Marvel cartoon will right. be watched by me. A right. lot of like hardcore comic or Batman fans didn't love the series. Um, 
Not at first. So here's the thing. I, I didn't either. They did like a character redesign on a lot of them, most notably the Joker. A lot mm-hmm. of people hated this interpretation. I remember that, yeah. Uh, but if you got past the aesthetic, there's a lot of good stuff in this show. Yeah, and that was my problem too. I was like, oh, the Joker's a Rastafarian. That's a weird interpretation. Yeah. It looks like he has dreads. Mm. But the persona attributed to him is a really interesting yeah, interpretation. Yeah. Once I gave it a chance, I really liked it. And also, aside from the Joker, um, they did a really good job, better than... I want to say like any Batman animated series of connecting Batman to the larger DC universe in later uh, seasons. Yeah, so yeah. you get like the Justice League and stuff. So I, oh, cool. I'm giving you this. <laughs> oh, Jesus, every every episode, Dan. I sneezed. He's been sick for three years. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, sick. you have been. He has hay fever. Get over it. <laughs> right. That's a callback. Um, <laughs> so, this is a callback. <laughs> I wanted to give you this because it's Halloween themed. Uh, it's very Dracula-y. I saw that it was streaming on HBO Max, and I think that rather than just doing a whole episode on the Batman, um, this was a good place to stick it, because <laughs> I, I want you to, yes, this is a movie, I want you to like this, but I also want you to say, yes, I I will, will at some point give a chance to the series, and we'll talk a little bit more about how the series grows over time. <laughs> But I think this is also just some it, it's it's a fun fun. You okay. know, it's not real deep. I haven't watched this probably since it came out, maybe once after. Um, so this actually could be bad. I don't know. But <laughs> I I memory, have not seen it. Um, I kind of fell off the end of the Batman. The end was season five was when the Justice League came. OK, so then I, I didn't fall off. Yeah, uh, no, but we, just skip we, this. Dan and I this apparently came out in conjunction with uh, Batman Beyond or no, not Batman Beyond. Batman Begins, Begins. DVD release. Yes, yeah. correct. It came out at the same yeah, time. I must never have picked it up. Dan and I were so into the series at one point that it was Super Bowl Sunday and your grandfather was upstairs watching a Super Bowl, and he was like, do you guys want to watch this with me? And we were like, we're watching cartoons on the big screen. Are you kidding me? There's a new Batman episode out. What do you I don't recall that, but... You don't have... This is why true. I'm here. Yeah. I just... I'm, I'm your <laughs> <Remind> memory <him. laughs> bank. Um, yeah, so I don't know who was next in the round table. Do you guys... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter? No. Dan. Okay, cool. Uh, so I'm talking you guys into a comic book... We're going to call this a mini series. I think the original intention was that it was supposed to continue, but it has not been released in many years. Um, It's a series from Image Comics called Witches. It's written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Jock, who we've talked about in the past on this podcast. Yeah, I think you've mentioned him. He's he's done some Joker work. Yeah, so um, it was released as a trade paperback. in June 2015, I picked it up. It's really good horror comic, creepy aesthetic. Um, I think Jock's artwork works really well with it. Um, I'm trying to remember how many issues it is. I'm not going to have you guys read the whole thing, um, just because we have a lot to go through this week. Yeah, so recording I'm, two roundtables in one day. It's yeah, a lot of work. So I'm asking you guys to read the first three issues of Witches. Um, don't really want to get into much plot wise because, uh, it's, you know, it's a thriller. It's spoiler heavy. It's a very plot heavy book. Um, you guys, any, any familiarity? Have you heard of it? Never heard of it. I know the name just because Scott Snyder is a comic book writing heavyweight. Yes. You know, he wrote Batman for years. By the way, we should say for listeners out there, if you want to find witches, it's, it's got a Y in it. W-Y-T-C-H-E-S. So check out the first three issues of Witches from Image Comics. I think you guys are going to like it. It's spooky. 
Cool. So the last thing is I am talking Dan and I guess Jeff into it too because he has some exposure. We'll get into it. Mm, no, don't talk me into it. Okay. I will participate. I am a neutral force in okay. your topic. So I am talking Dan into a show that I really like. I would even go as far to classify that it is my top three favorite shows of all time. Wow. Called that is, that's a hot take. Haunting of Hill House. And uh, it's a very popular show. It is very much in the cultural zeitgeist right now because... The creator, Mike Flanagan, just did a new show called Midnight Mass. It's on Netflix. It's getting pretty good reviews. And at the time of you hearing this, it will no longer be in the culture. Like <laughs> Correct. Because Correct. there's way too much media in the world. Yes. So, Dan, do you have any exposure to this? I've heard of it uh, when it came out. It was mm-hmm. getting a lot of buzz. Yes. Never watched any of it and didn't realize until now that it's directed by someone who made a film that I really enjoyed, which is Dr. Sleep. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a very underrated. It feels a lot like Dr. Sleep, and that makes a lot of sense. It, if It's a very underrated Stephen King adaptation. Yes. Uh, we saw I, that in theaters together. I love it. I think it's a great. Uh, that's a hard job to direct that movie. You have to adapt yep. a book and also connect it to a very weird uh, movie, right. Stanley Kubrick film. So I'm excited now that you've mentioned that. Um, what's his name again? Mike, Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan directed yes. it. Okay. That's awesome. So and when, what are you going to have us watch? First three episodes. I wanted to give more. Jeff was like, nah. Still well, on Netflix, it's, right? It's a round table. They're yeah, no, we had each. to. I wanted to give the first five episodes because episode five, I would say, is like and, my favorite And just episode. because uh, if the listeners want to know why I'm abstaining, um, I've seen it. It's fine. I don't hate it. I don't like it. I watched it. That's it. That's all. That's fine. Okay. It's fine. So when we come back, we're going to be spoiling the Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> uh, Very much not in any zeitgeist <laughs> at Most all. Most people don't know it exists. Uh, I didn't. We're going to be spoiling the first three issues of Witches, which could be in the cultural zeitgeist if they ever write more of them like they were supposed they to. They won't. Nope. And the first three episodes of The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Correct. Dope. Okay, fellas, we're back to spook your brains out. We're starting out with... That's not the funny thing. <laughs> oh, either. I was going to say. Uh, we're starting out with uh, Jeff's subject, uh, the Batman versus Dracula. Correct. And when we do these segments, I like to pull them up on Wikipedia just so I have the dates, the cast, you know, yeah, sure. easy to access. Yep. And uh, under the title, the Batman versus Dracula 2005 animated superhero film, not to be confused with Filipino film Batman Fights Dracula or Andy Warhol's experimental film Batman Dracula. Can we do an episode on both of those? Yes, we should have done that now. That should, yeah. Jeff should have picked this, and Jimmy and I should have picked this one. <laughs> All three. That would have been awesome. Batman fights Dracula. I really want to know about those. But Jeff, you were talking us into the 2005 animated straight-to-DVD film. Yeah. Uh, from the Batman. Yeah, and, you know, this is a roundtable. We have a lot of stuff to cover. This movie isn't really deep, so we don't need to dissect every single piece of it. Yeah. Um. So I just, we'll hit beats. So I, what I like about this show is that, um, and, and this movie too, is that there are a lot of bright colors, mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. also use shadows and light really well to, yes. to pull that, like, dark and gritty feel across, but keep it, like, lighthearted yeah and kid friendly yeah i mean we're gonna be spoiling spoiling sure. this uh i i want to say just like right off the bat there's not a lot of plot there's this. not so no, so no. the plot is 
is that Penguin and Joker find Dracula's tomb. He comes back to life and Dracula's like, I'm going to turn Gotham into an army of undead vampire zombie guys. And I'm Batman trying- is like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> and Dracula's like, I will make you into one of my undead people. And Batman's like, no, you won't. And then Dracula's <laughs> like, ooh, garlic on your blade. And Batman's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but what I did want to point out, aside from the plot, is that, especially for Jimmy, who's never seen anything from the Batman, yeah, this gets pretty uh, serious. I don't want to say adult. Yeah, it's still a cartoon yeah, it show, but it does like, get deep. Bro, people are like getting shot and bitten yes. by vampires and dying and turn into undead vampires. Correct. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I was pretty surprised about coming from the Batman because I knew it was definitely more aimed towards kids, even more so than like the animated series See, was. People think that, but I think it's... It was probably aimed towards teenagers. I think really. aside from the art direction, but, don't forget after the Batman, they launched the Brave and the Bold, which is true. super kid friendly. Yeah, true. that seems to be a trend with certain series. But yeah, yeah. Um, plus this was straight to DVD so they can get away with a little bit That's more true. while not like Correct. making WB angry. Yeah, Dracula. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I do. I do got to say that I love like the like early to mid 2000s WB cartoon animation. Mm. Uh, it's very nostalgic for me because I grew up watching like those WB, uh, the Scooby-Doo direct to DVD movies or whatever. I was like very much into <laughs> Also like, I would say that from this point, this 2005 point on to like really now, yeah. uh, American animation has been heavily influenced by anime and yes. this is one of the first ones that started to dip its toe into that. That's true. Yeah. And it's funny because when this came out, I remembered Jeff and I complaining like, oh, it looks just like anime. And now it's like, not really. No, it doesn't. <laughs> There's like a little bit of exaggerated features like yeah. around the eyes right. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the action I thought was really good. Like the animation just talking about like animation was very good. Top yeah, so notch, this, is, this is kind of like this is at like a turning point where especially like cheaper i want to say sunday morning or saturday morning cartoon animation was integrating 3d animation with or yes. computers with Computer the 2d animation. animation and this is at a point where it melded nicely yes. like before you you had like you know some 3d effects or you can tell it was made on a computer mm -hmm. in 2d shows and it it wasn't great this was pretty good like there's a scene where batman's in the cemetery mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, like the SWAT team shows up and the camera pans and he's in the background. And like the, as the camera pans, he kind of stays moves slower than the rest of the crowd. So it gives depth really well. Yes. And you can't do that hand drawn and make it look good. Yeah. Well, sure. they also played to their strengths. So there's yeah. not a lot of like character focused stuff that's done in that 3D computer animated. Mm -hmm. What you see a lot of is like and there's not as much in this episode. But if you watch the series, there's a lot of Batmobile stuff. That's like done with yes. 3D computer yes. animation and big establishing shots of the city, like with angles that you. But even even yeah. like the action scenes are very fluid. Yeah, it's yes, like the are. frame rate is higher. Maybe I don't know what it is, but it, there's not it, a lot of like a lot of the action choppiness. scenes were probably more so com like computer animated yeah. than like hand drawn stuff, and um, it it could be way smoother with computer shit. So I I watched this three weeks ago when we first said we were gonna do it. And I didn't take notes because I was like, who needs notes? And then I forgot. <laughs> so I rewatched it. And just like we said, it's a little it's aimed towards uh, um, a higher an older audience. I guess so. Yeah. Um, Young adult. I there's would say. there's yeah. a scene when Dracula first sees Vicky Vale on the TV and the penguin goes, you have been in your tomb for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Then he looks at the TV and he goes, 
nice jugulars. I know. <laughs> I was like, like, oh my God. This is very funny. I yeah. missed that the first time around. It was funny. I also want to shout out one thing they do in here, which I respect because it's extra work for animated television uh, or just animation in general. And I'm glad they went the extra mile is to show the evolution of Dracula. So when he yes. comes out of the tomb, he's he's like a monster. Decrepit, yeah, he's like a skeleton with red glowing eyes. And the more he feeds on blood, he gets closer and closer mm-hmm. to like a human look mm-hmm. to the point where he shows up at like a Bruce Wayne Wayne Foundation benefit. And he's like a guy and yes. he introduces himself as Alucard, Alucard, uh, Alucard Castlevania. Yeah. Baby. And it takes the world's greatest detective yes. to write it down and sh- look at it in front of a mirror to realize that it's Dracula. Backwards. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. There is also a scene where um, Joker becomes a vampire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's awesome, there's a lot way. of dark shit like Batman basically kills Joker. He thinks he kills him, mm-hmm. but then he just shows up later. So he didn't really kill him. But like. Right. He thought he murdered Joker. Um, so Joker shows up. He opens up Dracula's tomb, and then Dracula just like pulls him in, and you don't see him become a vampire. Because yeah. um, if once bitten taught me anything, it's that a boy has to be bit by his peepee to become a vampire. So they probably didn't. <laughs> wow, I don't think that's how it works in uh, the Batman. That, so Joker's a vampire. He's fighting Batman, and all they're like in this blood bank, and the blood starts like raining down. But because it's in the shadows, yeah, cool. they made it like black, black blood. So if it yeah. was red, I would have been like an R rated yeah. straight to video. Movie. I do got to say, it's very funny that you did bring that up because uh, this show actually. Everything other than the blood and at one point showed red wine. There's like a very much a devoid of red, yeah. which I thought was very cool. It's, I was like, oh, Jaws. Like, Jaws did the exact same and thing. And it's like in his eye, Dracula's eyes. Yeah. So. The whole show is like color timed out to like blues and grays. Yes. Uh, so when red comes out, it's very like dramatic. It, it pops out. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. So then there's like another dark thing, which is like Batman catches the Joker and he's like, I'm going to test all my cures on you. <laughs> and he just keeps him in a cage yeah. and yeah. feeds him bags of blood. blood. And I was like, how old were the kids watching this? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously Batman finds a cure cause he's Batman. Yeah. yeah. I also don't think the Joker would be a great test subject because who he's knows already what the is up. going on Sorry, with Joker. Sorry, Jim. Yeah. He already fell into a vat of acid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would. Yeah. Not a great control group. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we are jumping all around and there's who cares? Spoilers. Batman eventually beats Dracula in a very gruesome manner. Yeah. So the yeah, animation was, awesome. was great. So he has like the sunlight machine thing and coincidentally the wayne foundation has been working on this gigantic (laughs) solar generator they've been doing that with batman for years yeah so it hits like dracula's hand and it starts to like turn into dust but batman standing in front of it and that scene was directed so cool you just see batman he's in batman's shadow Uh and then like part of him is like disappearing and then Batman just like goes out of the way. goes away, yeah. and as Dracula disintegrates, it's just like for two D animation in a kid show, it's violent. It's very he violent. like explodes. It yeah. reminded me. And it's of, very slow and gruesome. It's like Indiana Jones. It reminded yeah. me of uh, Sarah Connor's vision of the nuclear fallout in Terminator <laughs> yeah. Two when people are just like turning to paper. Yes. We um, talk about that scene a lot in the show. It had uh, a strong effect on me. <laughs> I can tell. I was probably like seven when I yeah. watched it the first time. I love um, the scene where he's um, he's giving the cure to everybody by punching them. I was like, <laughs> if only we could do that in real life. <laughs> oh, my God. I would I would have bloody knuckles. I'd be punching every bozo. So when someone good. says, 
I've done some research. You just hit punch, it. <laughs> pop, bad punch. Yeah, the punches felt really strong in this too. I don't know if it's the sound effects or if they were just very loud or whatever, but every punch that Batman did felt like super effective, and I've never really felt that before. I have one little nit to pick. Oh, um, you love to pick those nicks. Nicks. <laughs> this guy named Nick showed up. Uh, yeah, that guy over there, he's a Nick. Uh, no, anyways. Um, I don't know why they did this. It seems unrealistic and also unnecessary, but they were pushing this idea that they're calling the vampires the lost ones. Did you guys notice that? It's like on every poster, the newscasters like nobody called them vampires ever. I think it's because they were they went missing. But yeah, even when they were like showing up and hurting people, they're like the lost ones have been sighted. Yeah, because they're looking for those people. Uh, That's uh, what I kind of took care of. I was like, is the it's, word vampire a, copyrighted or it's, something? It's a stupid fun fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Tom Kenny was good as the penguin. I was like, oh, that's Tom Kenny. Kevin I, Michael I, Richardson as yep. Joker is yeah. is a very strange choice. When I first heard that, I was like, that's not going to be a good Joker. But he's he, so good. He's he very does good. pull it off. He's got the deep Joker voice. <laughs> that was I a will, pretty good impression. I've never tried really it before. <laughs> I like that. It's my first time ever doing that. <laughs> Add it to good. the list. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the Batman? <laughs> I do the Joker. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, he he does a really good Joker voice. I was quite surprised. Batman was good too. I mean, you can just put anybody as Batman. Dan, am I talking you into this or who am I asking? Am I just asking. Well, Jimmy? specifically, you're talking me into this because I'd never okay. seen this. Yeah. All right, boys. We don't need to talk more about this. I think I think we know by now. Uh, Jimmy, Dan, was I able to talk you into? the straight to digital video disc film from 2005 the batman versus dracula yeah yes. <laughs> it's a fun fun it, it fun actually fun. made me want to go back and rewatch the me series too. i've never seen it so. jim you should watch it yeah because kind of the worst thing about this for me was dracula like i, I liked it but also yeah, it's like, corny it's dumb that like for no reason but they took his like, body from transylvania and put it in gotham city yeah i mean i only had one big problem with it is that it didn't have harley quinn in it so we couldn't make jeff exactly upset about <laughs> it harley quinn i don't, I don't in the think she series? shows up because a lot of the seasons focus on characters like Mm. robin is a storyline like there's a That's bad cool. girl it's very arc. well done yeah like the justice league slowly builds up it's it's done pretty nice. well superman is done so well he's kind of this condescending dumb farm guy yeah who just <laughs> floats like his feet never touch the ground that's cool it's yeah, cool to see the world from batman's perspective watch the show though it's good nice all right dan let's move on to your thing okay jeff um I had you guys read the first three issue, issues Itchus. of Witches from uh, Image Comics. Uh, as we said in the first half of this episode, it's Scott Snyder and Jock. Uh, it's, uh, you know, again, we're not going to get super plot heavy. I told you guys, make sure you keep in mind that this is a twist and turn story. And yep. You're not getting the full story. Yep, we're right. aware. We know um, how the show works. Jeff, why don't yeah. you tell us a little bit about what the comic's about? Yeah, so first I just want to say that I was excited going into this because Scott Snyder's a great mm. writer, Jock's a great artist, but Matt Hollingsworth, one of my like favorite colorists of all time. Oh, I apologize he's, for not mentioning Yeah, him. he's done um, a lot of Daredevil stuff and other Marvel stuff. But Did he do stuff for Alex Maleev? Yes. Yeah, it yes, feels like that. So yeah, so it I'm that type of coloring just really sets a tone, so I was really looking forward to this. So Witches is a story 
about uh witches that live in trees um yeah so this girl goes missing and uh well how does does it actually start with a flashback oh it starts with a way flashback yeah yeah, to yeah. Like, from like the early 1900s okay. yeah I, I was missing that part uh yeah i mean it's just sort of like it reminds me of like a, a cold open it's yeah, uh, a right. woman who's like being sucked into a tree and uh She's very violently. She's too. talking she like to her up. son and she's like, help me. You got to get help. Save me. And, and he's like, sounds like you were pledged. Yeah. And then just smashed her up for the face with a rock. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. And then we cut to modern times and, and this girl named Sailor. The well, there's a family, the Rook family yep. that's moving, um, moving to Litchfield, New Hampshire, um, following what seems to be some sort of bad incident that happened with their daughter, Sailor. Right. And then when Sailor goes to school, some girl's like, did you murder this girl? Mm-hmm. And then they have other flashbacks, like one of Sailor's flashbacks. I don't remember which I issue mean, this is in. We start to unfurl the story yeah. uh, through sort of like mentions and asides. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we and do get eventually a full flashback, which is that Sailor was being bullied very viciously right. by this other girl in her class. Um, I think it's Annie is the name of the Doesn't matter. Girl. Anyways, yes. she was being bullied. Uh, the girl followed her out like to the middle of the woods, and the girl had, she had a gun. Yeah. And she was like, do what I tell you or I'm going to kill you. And she was like stripped down naked, and it was just like very messed up. Yeah, very, very demeaning and yes. mentally abusive as well. Yeah, and then like Sailor like covered her eyes, and when she opened them, the bully was gone, and she could hear screaming. And then yes. she like went and found her, and she was being sucked into a tree. Yeah, yes. very viciously again. Correct. So what we find out is that Sailor was never officially like blamed for it. Uh, I think she was questioned, but she became like a local legend. So the family right. moved out of the town to try to get away from it. Yeah, the story is that she got knocked out by the gun and then she was missing by the time. Oh, that's she... right. The bully hit her with the gun, like pistol right. whipped her. Thanks, Jim. Right. Um. Yeah. And then so we're in the new town. They haven't escaped these issues. They're still following them. Right. Uh, along the same point of time uh some weird stuff starts happening a deer goes into their house and like chokes on its own tongue and dies yeah that was very strange Um, they might have like an egg allergy or something nice um what else you guys tell me i don't want to do all the talking here well see i don't remember the order it happened but sailors eventually she's like bitten by a witch zombie person yeah Yeah, that's basically Um, what happens next i believe yeah and she has like this it's like a bump they uh, they called it an issue three like that bald witch lady yeah like a teat growing out of her neck yeah which is kind of funny because like this witch had a teat too but it's also kind of like an eyeball yeah well on the cover i believe it showed an eyeball on it which is interesting um yeah so just going back to the art because a lot of like there is a story here and it's deep but the art definitely sets the tone yes for this entire book especially as it goes on yeah especially issue two is when you first see it i love the coloring and the swim scenes and the forest scenes so the swim scenes is when sailor is she's um the girl who first asked if she murdered the girl is going to apologize to her like hey i was just curious i didn't mean anything by it and they're like in the swimming pool at school and she jumps into the water and it's just like really i can't even really explain it you could easily just like 
color something light blue and say you're underwater now Mm -hmm. but they don't there's all like these if this was a movie you would i guess you would call like artifacts yes on the the screen that's exactly like these, these little speckles yep and like different colors too like there's like red and orange and mm-hmm. stuff but it still feels bright and then when you it looks like it was shot in like a 16 millimeter camera or yeah and when you cut to the forest scenes it's really like fall colors mm-hmm. like yes. warm oranges reds yes. and we should say that that also intensifies later on when sailor's father charlie yes uh he's attacked by this weird person with yes. no legs that's yes. bald so during like the talking scenes and the dialogue all of the lines are really crisp and like you could mm. see everything like clearly and during action scenes or like the monster scenes like dan is talking about things get more chaotic it's more sketchy yes. so it causes like i guess some kind of unease as you're reading this because mm-hmm. it's it's more disorienting i i would think of it as like when you're having a dream and you see things that are happening mm-hmm. and when crazy stuff happens yes. you like can't focus so let's just like get through a little bit more of the plot yeah Um, sailor is feeling bullied again at school and she has a a strange reaction she takes off she steals a bus and drives it out to like the middle of the woods and she's like basically running away her parents know she's missing they go to find her uh her father is attacked by this weird bald person with no legs in their house who like injects him with something stabs him like with a needle that connects that person's breast to his belly button which is like this weird i don't know there's a lot of like metaphor about like the connection between Mm -hmm. mothers and children and stuff like that um she also mentioned like i've been to the cauldron yep so there's this mystery about what's the cauldron how to get there and she knows like she claims that uh the daughter has gone missing because she's been pledged and that's why the witches are after her like when you're pledged you're basically like sacrificed for some soon he won't remember her yeah and he and she breathes a hallucinogenic into his face like she blows this powder in his face right and that's why like after that point all that speckling and like digital artifacts mm-hmm. increases because yes. from Charlie's point of view, he's like out of it. He's full right. on tripping. And, and balls. that's what the third issue is all about. He's trying to find sailor. Right. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, sailor, when she's out in the woods, after she's run away from school, she's like captured by the witches. She's also found by her uncle, I believe too. Yeah. There's some other side characters that was yeah. like uncle or a friend, family friend or something. Yeah, yeah. And he gets like killed by the trees again. Yeah. Um, and then there's also some flashbacks. There's some allusions to the fact that Charlie had a drinking problem. Um, mm-hmm. there was a time when Sailor went to find Charlie, and he was at this abandoned amusement park. I don't know. It's just like sort of little creepy side yeah, tangents. Yeah, I mean, they also set up like how close they are as a family too right, in yes. the flashbacks, so you have some sort of connection to them, so you feel something. Yeah, and there's um sort of to juxtapose this, you know, Charlie who's now like tripping and trying to find sailor is juxtaposed with memories from when she was much younger and she went missing at a playground Mm. and they had like, it was like a play place, like a discovery zone. Yeah. And they were using like matches inside the dark to find her. So the issue ends with, um, sailor being dragged down this huge hole in this tree by a witch. And she like lights a match and she's like, daddy, come find me. Yeah. Yes. Which is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. There was some really good shots, too. I love when uh, Sailor and I guess her uncle were looking into the the woods and you can kind of see the witches. And I don't know, just the way that it was drawn, it just felt really cool. It was like kind of in the background. You don't really notice them until you start to like pay attention to it. What do you guys think of the character design on the witches? 
really cool. Yeah, uh, they're like they're not human, right? Um, so like the person actually that may be from a later issue. I'm not going to say that, but okay. there is some discussion as to what the witches actually are. They're probably are. transdimensional beings. No, they're not. That's why they live in trees. Damn. But they're the sort of like woody looking yeah that's um, what i kind of figured there's also a flashback that gets dropped in so like, the witches are switches no the they're also like there's a flashback to uh a time period we know that sailor's mother uh i think her name is lucy has had an accident a car accident that caused her to be paralyzed yes and she tells people that she hit a deer yeah. but when we see the flashback that's not a deer she's hitting do you guys remember yeah she hit a witch with her car right um they're like they run on four legs and they're very odd looking yes um so that comes into play later on okay any other thoughts you guys have really like the art uh the writing is cool it's very creepy it feels like a nightmare which i just yeah. think is awesome for a comic a horror comic yeah mm-hmm. the only other time i've heard the name sailor is there's a tiktok account i follow and it's this guy who has like a little podcast with his two-year-old daughter and it's very cute mm. maybe she's named after this Oh, I thought of oh. Sailor Moon. So, uh-huh. uh, final push I have for you guys. Um, you're halfway there. This uh, this trade paperback, this story arc is three more issues. Mm-hmm. It's a total of six. Um, I think there's still some pretty big twists and turns coming up. There's some really cool stuff. I think it's worth your guys' time to finish it. Uh, do I think it's going to change your life? No, but I think if you're looking for something spooky to read, it's a very satisfying story. Okay. Jeff. Yeah. Jimmy. Yes. Was I able to talk you into Witches, the comic book? Yes. yes. Woo. It yeah, was it was very it good. Was, it was good. It was a very quick read. I'm going to finish it up on my uh, library app. Yeah. It was Ooh. good. Yeah, I really liked it. Jimmy brought it back, so I wouldn't know how he felt, but do you want to take it and finish the last three issues? Yes, I would. <laughs> I thought for some reason with nothing to back this up, I thought I was going to hate it. Mm. It just seemed like um, this is just like some dumb indie book. But yeah, it's, it's not. And it's like big names. It's heavy hitters. I had no idea why I thought that. So I oh, think, Image published it. I was wondering who published it. So I think um, there's a correlation. Since this comic has come out, there's been a movie called The Witch, which is spelled with a Y. The Vivitch. Yeah. It's not spelled. Is it spelled? The, it's two V's, I oh, know. Oh, anyway. Yeah. It's Anya Taylor-Joy. talking about before. Uh, it's Anya Taylor-Joy, and uh, it's set in... She's Pure. Princess Peach now. Yeah. Does it have anything to do oh with God. this? No, it has nothing to do with okay. this. And it's set in Puritan times. You haven't seen The Witch? No. Oh, my God. We're doing an episode on The Witch. It's a great <laughs> film. Uh, but that's a more traditional idea of witchcraft, which is like yeah. a woman who has committed herself to the dark magics. Right. Uh, this is not. These are like creatures that live in the woods. Okay. Uh, it's also based on like, I don't want to say it's based on a true story, but it's based on like a moment of fear that Scott Snyder had about the woods outside his house where he thought he saw like a tree as we've been talking about this this bright sunny beautiful day is getting very dark and And it's like i've constantly like noon i'm yeah so check it out jimmy yeah what did you talk us into oh i talked you dan into a show hopefully i talked you into uh, a show called haunting of hill house the the haunting of hill house um it's a very popular show on Netflix. I found out about it because, like, I think a friend of mine suggested it to me. And I'm not super into horror stuff, so I was sort of like, eh, whatever. But, like, once I started watching it and I started, like, realizing that there's a lot of, like, cool lore and stuff and, like, how there's, like, a haunted house and, like, it actually kind of makes sense. And, like, the whole story I just think is great. 
Mm. Um, so I wanted to talk you into it, Dan, because it just felt very up your alley, in my opinion. I was excited for this because it was something that I was like, oh, one day I'll watch this. Right. This is one of the, I mean, to pull back the curtain a little bit, this is one of the great things about doing this podcast. Yeah. Sometimes we have to like watch things and read things that we really don't care about and mm-hmm. it feels like work. Yeah. But other times it gives you a real excuse to yes. like check something Actually out that you've been wanting it. to. Right. So this worked out great for me. Um, we watched the first three episodes. Yes. The one thing I didn't know, which I wish I had known prior, um, I sort of looked it up halfway through the first episode and it was more helpful is I didn't realize that this show pretty much took place in two time periods. Yes. Kind of. Well, two time periods. Yes. But like three ish. Cause it's when they're kids and then there's right. kind of two when they're adults. True. So there, there's right. kids that there's becomes now, easier to understand. and then there's a, a shorter flashback period. Right. To when, uh, Steve wrote the book. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so what I like about this is, uh, it does this thing uh, that can be a little confusing at first, but ends up being very rewarding, which is that you're dropped right in. Yes. Uh, there's not a lot of backstory. It also avoids all the terrible moving in tropes of every haunted house story. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, I just, side note, I just watched the latest Conjuring. Um, they're not good. They're very bad. Yeah. But I watch, I watch them, them too because my wife loves them. Yeah. My in, mom, in a bad way. My mom hates horror movies and will not watch anything scary but we can make her watch the conjuring because she's interested that a lot of it has to do with connecticut Connecticut. she's actually met the warrens and stuff yeah so we watch the third conjuring and the first 40 minutes is the family moving into the house (laughs) yeah like which room is gonna be mine oh that room's scary there's a stain on the floor and this show has none of that yeah it they're already in the house and they've been living there right um also one thing i love is henry thomas who played elliot in et He's the dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't yeah. notice that? Oh, I thought you were calling uh, the little Lucas Elliot. No, the father of the oh, family that, during really? the flashback period is oh, all grows up that. Elliot from wow. E.T. That's crazy. Also, uh, he was featured prominently in Dr. Sleep. Uh, he played yep. the Jack Nicholson role. Yeah, the sure. like, like we briefly mentioned before, the director, he uses a lot of the same actors. Yes. I mean, even in season two, Haunting a Blind Manor, which... Yes was not received as well yeah it's a lot of the same cast kind of like american horror story okay it's a different story but same cast uh the first episode i i had a hard time with the amount of characters until i realized that you know i'm not that slow on the uptake but i was like okay there's five kids that's kind of a lot and now there's older and younger actors yes so i had to do a lot of like telling myself like okay theo is this person and Mm -hmm. You know, Steve is this person, Luke is this person. So there's right. a, there's a lot of table setting in this first episode. There, it also yeah. helps too is that I mean we'll probably get into it, but like the first five episodes basically tackles each kid. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that. Like each episode does follow one of the kids. I would say more this so. episode is the loosest of those because yes, they have to introduce everyone. It's also it's 20 minutes a Steve longer. Episode. It's a Steve episode. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I like what we get to learn about, you know, we don't get a lot of, to learn about the family yet, but mm-hmm. what we see uh, from Steve is that he's sort of this cynic who doesn't really accept ghosts. Who, yeah, and, ghosts yeah. and what happened to him as a kid. Right. Yet he's still willing to profit off of it. Yes. Which is <laughs> is kind of effed up. Yeah. Um, uh, I like the scene where he's like going out to investigate a supposed haunting at this woman's house. Uh, he spends the night there, and he basically debunks all the haunting myths. Yeah, and then he's like, "I'll still write about it, though." <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, so every one of his books, which right, you know, they show the woman is a fan, and she has like a whole shelf of his books. He's written yeah. a whole series. 
they're probably all fake or at least fake in his mind and he just lies about it for sure yeah um there's a scene in here um that's a flashback to the night that they left the house yes which obviously like throughout these three episodes we've seen from different perspectives and it's yes. it feels like the culmination of the flashback storyline is what they refer to as the last night. They keep mm-hmm. saying, oh, do you remember the last but night? The last night, yeah. So we see it first from Steve's point of view, and this feels very realistic. Um, it's very frantic and sudden. Mm-hmm. He's woken up from sleep and basically dragged out of the house by his father. He's confused. Right. It's hard to get a grip on like where everyone is, Like if all the kids are together, the right. mom appears to be missing. Right, and then you see something chasing them as they're uh, right. getting out of the house. Um, again, like this feels like what being a kid whether it's a haunting or just like an unhealthy like family relationship possibly like a violent or abusive family relationship it feels like there's stuff that has been going on that's been purposely kept from the kids to try to protect them right so it goes from like a quote-unquote normal day where maybe like some weird stuff has happened in this house to like by the way shit's been getting worse and worse and now we have to run for our lives yes so i really love that it was a quick scene but it had a big effect on me yeah it's very important and like you said you're gonna be, you're gonna be seeing that a lot throughout the series because we have a lot of different perspectives and like we also find out why that happened towards the end you know yeah and i don't want to like do a lot of plot because this is like super spoiler heavy I mean, we're in the spoiler section, but yeah, I think it's fine. I, I still would like to think that people will like watch the show and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, OK, I'll spoil the biggest thing in this episode, which is that uh, we're introduced to the youngest child, Nellie. Uh, well, youngest with a twin. Oh, who's her twin? Uh, Luke? Luke, yes. Luke and, yes. Okay, so... Luke and Nellie are twins. Okay, so uh, Nellie sort of has been, like, trying to contact members of her family. Yes. And, like, loosely alluding to, like, having a problem. Yes. But she can never really get through to anyone. We're hearing, like, voicemails and stuff like, call me, I need you, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, Steve finally gets back home his dad's like, hey, Nellie's trying to find you. Get back home in case she shows up. Right. So he goes back home. Uh, he's greeted by Luke, who is his brother, who has an addiction issue. Yes. And is like clearly like stealing le- shit from Steven. Yeah. Left rehab, broken into Steve's house and like stolen stuff from him. Yeah. And it's just like sad. Steve's just like, dude, really? Like, he's like, I'll make a deal with you. Like, here's some money. Just leave the iPad. I need the yeah. iPad. Right. Um. So it's sort of pathetic. And then Steve like gets in the door and his sister's there. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, she's not saying anything, but he's just like unpacking. He's like putting his bags down. He's like, oh, you know, I was trying to get to you. I was trying to tell dad that I don't really live there anymore. He was like, you saw Luke here, too. Like you were just staring at him while he was looting my freaking place. Yeah. And then the phone rings. It's the father. And he's like, I have to tell you, Nellie's dead. Yeah. She she went back to the house and she she killed herself. And then it's clear that he's been talking to a ghost. Yes. Who like walks up to him and gapes her mouth open and he just like falls down and then she's gone. Yes. Uh, that was a creepy twist ending. I liked it. Oh, yeah. I uh, mean, a lot of the, they don't show a lot of super like ghostly moments in this episode. She uh, just looks like a real person. Who's, right. Like sickly, maybe like pale. There are a few things, too, There's though, a- in this episode that like the red room becomes very important especially towards the end of the show 
um which is the the room with the red door that no one can get into yeah no one can get into but i love the scene where i think it's nelly and theo theo um are like trying to get into it and like they just can't do it or whatever then they walk away and it's just a static shot and then you see people walking away yeah from the shadows behind the door there's a lot of background stuff too a lot of the scary stuff isn't yes. really i mean there's jump scares it's most like fake out jump scares but there's well, like there's not a lot of jump scares in the show which there's not, i love there's not it's but so nice a lot of the unease and creepiness is just subtle things in the background that yes. i guarantee you 80 percent of the people that watch this miss yes like i mean i did too my wife would like point Dan, did you point catch like any when, of the hidden ghosts i don't know about in this episode i saw stuff later yeah, on like like when they're going the corners down the stairs yep. there's just like very faint shadow and tiny little white eyes underneath the stairs yeah yep. that don't move They're, it's just there yeah like you'll just see things in like far off in the corner background yeah yeah it's so cool they literally there's a whole website dedicated to every single hidden ghost in the show mm. and you can literally see it's just actors that are in the shadows that you, you can barely see and when you find them they scare the shit out of you yeah i also like the sort of um the culmination of this episode that twist is that like throughout this whole episode the audience is sort of agreeing with steve like yeah this is all interesting but it's all explainable and ghosts aren't real right and then at the end you see a ghost ghost. yeah yeah and it's not explainable she's just standing there and walking up to him another like little supernatural moment too is obviously when nelly spoilers kills herself they all wake up at the same time yeah and they show it by the uh the clocks and i love because most of the family is on the east coast but steven is on the west coast yeah, different times so zones. you see the time zones but you st- still see it's like 103 or whatever and then in the other place it's like 903 or 103 that, that math works <laughs> yes whatever that will- i get what you're saying yeah it was just so good i love when that happens so the next episode basically opens up with that and clearly this is a shirley episode yes um and i like that i don't know cheryl cheryl huh interesting uh, either way, maybe Shirley. I don't remember. She's it's the- my favorite show. What's her name? Yeah, I wrote Shirley like throughout my notes. It's Shirley. Okay, it's Shirley. Okay, Definitely sorry. Cheryl, Cheryl. classic Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she's the eldest child, I believe. Second oldest. Steven's the oldest. Oh, I thought he was the oldest boy. It doesn't matter. Uh, None I of this be matters. Wrong about it. She doesn't wakes matter. up and she's the only one who actually like vocalizes. They're all like, <gasps> she's like, she's back in the bedroom, the red room. Oh, the red room. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. So I thought she said bedroom, and I was like, "What's the significance of that?" But bed, red room makes more sense. Yes. Um, I like how at this point it became clear that okay, what I was watching was a Steve episode, and now this is a Shirley episode. Yeah. Yes. I thought maybe this show was more traditional. Like, sure, they're the family, but we're going to focus on Steve. Mm-hmm. Turns out, no, they're all going to get equal attention. Yep. Um, I thought it was pretty dumb. Like, I don't even care the reason why that she she was doing the autopsy and like cleaning up her own sister. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but at least people fought with her about it. Yeah. Her yeah. husband and well, stuff were like, no, you're not doing this. This isn't right. But also you would think like in a show, like a horror show, when you're doing an autopsy, it'd be gruesome. It wasn't. It was like everything was. I mean, they had like the cockroach that came out of her mouth. Right. Right. But everything was like Clinical. still and that's what made it kind of weirder like when she's stitching yeah. up her head and like her yes. skulls right there it, it's actually what i like about the show is that it it tackles 
every everybody is like dealing with death obviously but it also tackles a lot like people don't really think about people doing autopsies or people yeah. doing uh undertaking but, and but it also messes with your expectations on what a horror show is yeah because that whole scene you're waiting for it to like you're move waiting or something you're right. waiting for her to move or something to happen yeah. and then she just like goes over and opens up the door slowly and it's two kids Yes. And then like, yeah, and that's like, where she sort of starts to like yeah. break down a little bit. I mean, there's she an sees her thing. mom's ghost and all that. A friend of mine is a mortician and he often talks about the separation um, yes. between like a living person and a dead body and and how like part of your emotional response shuts down when you're in work mode. Right. So when they started to make it clear that she was going to be working on Nellie, I was like, how are they going to tackle this? Is she going to be able? And I think this would be a real question if this was to happen. Is she too close to shut that off or will she be able to do it? And it became clear that she was able to do it. Yeah. She, she did have introspective moments where she was like able to grasp like how effed up this is. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, she did her job and she did it well. Um, She basically explains to her kids as Jeff reference, like, you know, that's our, that's your aunt. We love her. We're very sad. Uh, We don't know why she did what she did. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows. And and things like that. Um, I, I, kind of disagree uh with maybe the series in general doesn't have a ton of jump scares Mm. but it feels like this episode has a lot more than the first one specifically there's like a dream sequence um where the father's mouth gapes open and it's um it's the cell phone ringing is that's the noise yeah which is really cool um there's also uh there's a moment um, Jeff reference where the bug crawls out of the sister's mouth. I don't know if that's a jump scare, yeah. but in the kitten's mouth too. Yeah, it's definitely there's that parallel there. As we're yep. going to find out, uh, a lot of this episode is a flashback to their time at, in uh, Hill House when um, Shirley had found a bunch of kittens in like mm-hmm. a shed, uh, and the father agrees to let her keep them, and they start dying. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty gross yes uh she's burying one and it's like a really nice look at like how do you talk your to your kids about death the yes. f- i think the parents do a great job of explaining it and doing like a little burial and then at the last minute she's like she's alive she's not dead she's moving her mouth and they pick her up and uh yeah it's not it's not alive yeah no a bug a crawls bug. up yeah it's, it's really sad. gross yeah gross and then later on, we see, like, the last remaining kitten is, like, dying. And she's like, wait, she's alive. And she, like, rolls back her eyes. And yeah. they're all white and gross. Super creepy. And then the mom was like, yeah, I had to put that poor kitten out of its misery. I was like, oh, man. But, yeah, in this episode, too, um, we also see how uh, Shirley um, had to deal with her mother's death as well mm-hmm. when they were um, having the funeral. And she didn't want to go up. And I guess the um, undertaker mortician mortician. Yeah. yeah, was like, come up with me or whatever. And that obviously inspired her to do the same thing, which did anyone else notice upon rewatch that the undertaker looks a lot like Charlie Cox from Daredevil? But I, it wasn't him. But I was like, that's weird. That's I did Charlie not Cox. notice that. But that's interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I also love like there's this moment during the flashback period where the kids want to go outside and play. And the mom's like, yeah, you can go out. But remember, when I flash the porch light twice, it means you got to come home. It gets me every time, Dan. I've watched the show several times. And every time you see that model house do the same thing, I'm like, fuck. 
Yeah. Uh, so basically, we find out Sorry, that Jim. the family is living at Hill House because they're like flippers. Yes. And uh, they're going to flip Hill House and make a big profit because it's a big old estate. And then they're going to use that money to build their forever home. Yes. And uh, there's a model of the forever home that now, years later, is in Shirley's office at the, yes. you know, mortish, mort- mortuary, whatever. Funeral home. Funeral home. And uh, at the end of the episode, the porch lights and the model home flash. Mm-hmm. And there's like some really fun, like if you, uh, okay, I like to dig di- deep into stuff. I like to yeah. like break this things down. This is a down. great show to do that with. Yeah, probably maybe even more than intentional. Probably shouldn't have been a round table topic then. <laughs> well, I'm not going to get too much. All I'm going to say oh, is like talking about it. the idea of the forever home is like something that people say. And on the surface, it's like a sweet idea. It's like, oh, we're going to have a place where we live forever and we're going to be happy there. But also in the context of this show, it could like was Hill House their forever home? Like, did they? Oh, that's interesting. You say that. And like Nellie felt like she was drawn back to it. Are, have yeah. they ever really left Hill House emotionally? That's true. So there's like some fun play with that terminology. Yes. Third episode. I'm so glad this is the Theo episode. I've been intrigued by the little bits that we've seen of her in the first two episodes. I knew you were going to love Theo. I don't know why, but I knew you were going to love her. Well, because she's she's got a superpower. Uh, She's a superhero. She can touch things and feel like the memories, you know, that that are ascribed to people and objects. Yeah. Um, I also, like, want to say, like, a little aside from the plot here. I think they did a fantastic job casting the female actors in this series. Agreed. Yeah, they're all very good. Not it's only also the director's wife, but I, I, what I actually meant on the surface level is the kids and the adult female actors. The kids are very good. Yeah. Again, I'm not just talking about the talent, though. They look like themselves. Yes. And they also look like each other. Even yes. uh, Cara Delevingne, the mother. But also Carla Cugina and Carla Victoria Cugina, that's Pedretti. I mean. They yeah. look like all the women in this family look like they could actually yeah. be family members. The men, or maybe not so much. Uh, Dario Naharis does not look like any of them. Yeah. You know, that's Steve. Yeah. The second. Oh, my stomach is rumbling. Sorry about that. Uh, and Theo <laughs> or uh, Luke looks nothing like them, I don't yeah. think. But yeah, I'm very impressed by the women in this show. Um, the kids are also adorable, too. <laughs> well, they also cute. they cast McKenna Grace uh, as young Theo, and she's one of the most talented young actors working right now. Apparently, everybody knows her. My wife is like, is that McKenna Grace? And I was like. Who? I have no idea who that is. If you've ever seen a movie that has a younger version of the female lead, it's McKenna Grace. Uh, no, seriously. <laughs> Dating like, back to the beginning of film, it's yeah. been McKenna Grace. Uh, she played the young Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel. Okay. She played the young uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, what's the ice skater? I, uh, Tanya. Yeah, I, Tanya. Okay. There's, there's been a bunch of them. Cool. Uh, Jeff wants me to move faster. Yes. Uh, yes, I do. The pacing is so nerve wracking. No, uh, no, just the way it's. You just said Jeff wants me to move faster. Then you moved on to pacing, and you're slowed I'm, down. I'm talking while about a, yeah. I'm talking about a specific moment when you know we've seen throughout the episode. Nelly, uh, Theo takes her gloves off to touch things to feel where they've been or what yes. they've experienced. You know where this is headed. Mm-hmm. She goes down to the morgue. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, she's going to do the thing, and it's going to be real bad. Yep. And uh, she does the thing, and it's so painstakingly slow. She pulls off every finger of that glove slowly, and you're like, uh, I know. this is going to be bad. And she puts her hand on it, and it's like just an explosion of like sound emotion. and like emotion, and she like falls backwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the end of the episode. I One other thing I wanted to point out is that I love – 
that Theo is a female character. I don't know if that was intended when it was written. Uh, Mm. Theo sounds like a man's name, but also she's portrayed as a sort of typical, like, noir, strong, silent type character who's, like, running away from her trauma and her emotions. For sure, yeah. She's using, like, sex and alcohol to, like, try to bury these bad experiences that she's had. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to see that in a female character. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. um, I think the best part of this episode was, uh, I think it was this one, was when uh, young Lucas gets trapped in the dumbwaiter. Yep. That That was was really freaky. Yeah. Uh, There's also a really cool side plot where Theo in modern times is a child psychologist who works with kids who have experienced trauma. And uh, she basically uh, solves this case that this girl is being. Smiley man. Smiley man. Smiley. He's being this girl, young girl is being abused by her foster father. And it's it's real effed up. Uh, she has to like go down to their basement and touch everything, and uh, it's so messed up what she experiences. Um, but yeah, it was a real strong episode for me. Probably my favorite of the three we watched. Oh, that's good. Well, I have a final push: is that the show is really good. I mean, it keeps getting better, <laughs> like in my push. opinion. Do you want to find out if that tall ghost ever finds his hat? Keep yeah. on watching. I mean, how it, many episodes? It's ten. ten episodes. Episode five, like I said before, is probably my favorite um it's it's just really good especially just is it a character-based episode it is technically yes is it nelly yes okay yes um and we find out a lot about what happens i'm sure but um yeah the entire episode it, it's a big mystery like you, you have to find out like what the house is and yeah, like, i feel like nelly's episode was going to be the big answers episode because they've been like poignantly leaving her out of stuff but also referencing that her and Luke had the most like interactions with the house. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, you definitely get a lot of answers with that. And like, and even after that too, there's still a lot of unanswered questions that all get answered in the last few episodes. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic show. Again, one of my favorites, I was so looking forward to rewatching it. This is actually my third time rewatching it. Nice. So, uh, yeah, it's very good. So Dan, I have to ask you the question or do you have any overall thoughts or, um, no, I have some stuff to say after you ask me. Okay. Dan, did I talk you into The Haunting of Hill House? I hated this. Did you really? No, trick or treat. Oh. I love this. Ah, he, you, you did the trick. <laughs> you you did tricked it. it before you asked him. Oh, I love this so much. Yeah, I had a strong feeling. Well, that maybe I'm the asshole. You are. Yeah. <laughs> it's very well done. It's very well acted, very well directed. Some of the camera movements in this are super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary, but it's also cinematic. Uh, it's To me, this show is less about ghosts and haunted house. And more, it's a family drama. Well, it's more about mental health and yes. how that affects family members. 100%. And how you live with it and how you are afraid of it, uh, how you run from it. It's about guilt. It's about shame and trauma. And they could replace the haunted house with like sexual abuse and still tell this story about how family members react differently. Right. Some of them accept it and move on. Some of them bury it. Some of them run from it. Yes. Uh, it's also about the fear of it. Like... Clearly, the culmination or or, or the source of this family's connection to the house seems to stem around the mother. Mm -hmm. We get inferences that she was the one that was most affected by the house. Yes. And we see how her gift, her sensitive nature was passed down to Theo and possibly the other girls. Mm -hmm. 
yeah i just think it's really strong i really wanted to watch more of it but i also didn't want to screw up and say stuff that like from the other episodes hadn't happened so i'll be watching like the rest of this like immediately yeah i'm gonna rewatch it soon too it's um, so good in fact that jimmy hasn't even watched the second season <laughs> Well, I've heard it's really bad. It's, so I'm like, it's awful, dude. Yeah. Now, is it's the new thing bad. that you were referencing part of this series, or is no. it, is just a movie? This no, series is technically called the Haunting series. Yeah, yeah. This is part two? of the Haunting. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. But yeah, it, it's great. Again, one of my favorite shows ever. It's also we didn't reference. It's a remake of the 1959 movie, The Haunting of Hill House. It's based off a book. It's, yeah. Yeah. And there was also a, like a 2000s horror movie called The Haunting that was really bad it's also like a remake of that yeah so i'm excited to get into this i like the idea of the point pov episodes yeah yeah it's just, it's good it's really it's like a prestige horror series oh yeah 100 i also think like this could have been a really shitty movie about just like the haunting <laughs> and the ghosts and stuff oh yeah and they would never be able to show like the pathos of how that childhood experience affected these adults i think it, it is very funny that you mentioned that because we've been talking a very long time about this and I remember when this came out, a lot of stuff on Twitter was like the ghosts, the bent neck lady. And yeah, I don't is, really care about this any of is that. the first time this entire episode bent neck lady has been said. And yeah, it's just yeah, funny, like it. how you get different things from and other people get other things yeah. from it. I mean, I, I like the horror aspect of it. I like it a lot. Actually, there's one really big jump scare. It's later on in the series, which I feel is. I've never felt a jump scare like justified and that felt like 100% justified. And, yeah, um, I just think it's a really interesting to me. Like, I don't know how more people didn't talk about this at the time. The whole thing feels like an allegory for like, oh, dude, this was very much in the cultural zeitgeist. You it was just yeah. somehow missed it. This is very. No, no, popular. I know people are talking about, but I oh. mean, specifically, I heard a lot of what you heard, which is like, it's so scary. There's hidden ghosts everywhere. It's creepy. Yeah. But to me, this whole series is an allegory for like mental health and like how people deal with it. Yeah. Like yeah, Luke is an addiction. addict. Yeah. yeah. Right cool great next week we're not spooky anymore halloween's over deal with it you <laughs> big old spooky guys dodo birds but it's very much in the cultural zeitgeist <laughs> as i will be talking both of you into the eternals what Ooh, the movie's coming out and i won't be able to watch it for 45 days <laughs> because i won't be able to find a torrent of it because disney knows i mean what you they're could just doing pay now. I'm not going to the movies. No, you could pay for it. You can't. They're not doing that on Disney nope. Plus anymore. Oh, really? Yep. Well, sh yeah. I mean, there's a delay, but it's not 45 days. Shang-Chi's already available if you pay. No, it's not. It's not. November oh. 5th. Evie told me That's it's available. That's 60 days. That's My nine-year-old niece is a dirty liar. <laughs> I will be having you guys read the 2007 miniseries. Well, yeah, miniseries. Issues one to seven of The Eternals um, by Neil Gaiman. And illustrated by John Romita Jr. And we'll talk more about that next week. Awesome. In the meantime, Jimmy, where can people find Talk Me Into? You can find Talk Me Into on Twitter at Talk Me Into, at Talk Me Into Pod on Instagram. And if you feel so inclined, you can send us an email, talkmeinto at gmail.com, where you can uh, review the show. You can say, hey, we love you. Hey, hey, we hate you. Hey. It's fine. We accept all emails. I, I have no strong feeling towards you. We accept I the emails we think we deserve. Yes. You can also review us on Apple Podcasts. Five-star reviews, please, because then we'll read it on the show. And everybody wants their voice heard. Might as well. Five Whether stars. you love us or you want to drag us, leave five stars and we'll read it. Heck yeah. 
Jeff, where can people find you on? People can find me on November 1st at every single Halloween store that's trying to sell their shit for half off. Hell yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Dan. <laughs> Not as exciting as all that. Uh, Danny Breakdown on Twitter. Uh, check out my band, Disqualifier. Um, we were really trying hard to book a Halloween show, but COVID pooped the bed. Hmm. Who would you have been one of those shows where you do Ooh. a cover set? I'm going to tell you something right now, Jeff. It's going to really disappoint you that it's not happening. Why? What band could are happen you in the be? future? Not only we were going to be a band, and not only were we going to do a cover set as that band, we were going to hire the band and pretend. Nope. <laughs> have them play as disqualifier. You're laughing over something that you're going to be like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" We were going to do the entire decline as No Effects. I was going to say No Effects because you guys just sound like No Effects. But that's that's very cool. Yeah, I was going to spike my <laughs> hair and wear a freaking padlock necklace like El Jefe and play my Telecaster. <laughs> Were you nice. going to put down your Telecaster and play horn during certain parts, too? No, but the reason why this came to mind is that Mike, our singer, <laughs> plays trumpet and trombone and saxophone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So we could actually, like, start a ska band, though? <laughs> you used to play for a ska band. Oh. Oh. Bye, everyone. Happy Jimmy, Halloween. where can people find oh, you? Jimmy's, you know. Uh, you can you know. find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Haunts Me Into. What will Dan drink next? <laughs> on the Water, pocket. coffee, tea, spiced cider. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah.